turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. KDOW. KDOW. Streaming now on smart speakers and the Odyssey app. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. A little bit under the weather today, but I have a lot to chit-chat about to run you through. So we're going to go through it. Work with me. I hear it's the first cold of 2021. It is not COVID. But it's what happens when you take off masks. You start sharing more germs, right? I think that's the idea. So let's talk about what's working on Wall Street and why. Yesterday we had a nice day, a very nice day. Good things do happen. So far, so good this week. Last week, not so much. This week, much better. NASDAQ hit an all-time high yesterday as big tech resumed growth. It's a real weird market because we so academically want to say it's going to clearly shift to value. And it's just not sticking. Or it does for two, but it gives back to growth for one. Which is still progress, right? NASDAQ hits an all-time high. Bitcoin is on the bungee bridge. Jumped below 30,000. It's rebounded to about 34,000. Peloton's making a big switch right now trying to say, hey, look. We work really well in the office. We've got a great corporate program. We can get your team-inspired ride and, and team build together. Wait, wait. Wasn't sta- wasn't Peloton the stay-at-home stock when we gave up our gyms? Yeah. But about 80-plus percent of us are going back to our gyms now. Probably getting colds. COVID Delta variant is starting to scare a lot of economists that we're going to have another dip. Brooklyn, they're going to have a new New York City mayor from Brooklyn. Andrew Yang bowed out of the race. Um, New York's important. They're probably not ever going to be a focal point on the show. 
but it's a big city. And as their economy goes, so goes the U.S. and so goes the world economy on a lot of levels. Some other talking points for today. Tinder's letting users attach up to nine short videos to their profiles. That's a pretty big change. Should cut down on, how shall we say, some of the bitter disappointment people probably have. They're going to create a new function called Hot Takes. Hot Takes is going to let users describe and discuss their spiciest opinions before matching. So I, I have to imagine that something like, are you Republican or Democrat? Because it's important to me. Do you believe in pro-life or not? Because it's important to me. I don't know what the hot take is, but I'm out of the dating scene. Some dating apps are taking a different approach, though, whereas Tinder's going very 21st century. Um, companies like Bumble are trying to nurture friendships before you jump into a relationship. It's interesting how they kind of work and don't work, and they kind of all are trying to pursue the same exact thing. Biden administration said, don't pull out the sparklers, not because of fire danger, but because we are not going to hit the vaccinating 70% of U.S. adults by July 4th. If the current pace of vaccinations continues, it'll be about 67% of adults. So I think you can expect another round of seeing some friends and family get sick. They say the Delta is a little bit more insidious than other variants. So I'm not going to say buyer beware, but be cautious out there, people. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I don't know how long I should do this because my voice sounds like poop, doesn't it? 5.2 million people around the globe became dollar millionaires last year despite the pandemic. Credit Suisse has a new report out there. 5.2 million people. 90% of millionaires currently have a net worth of 5 million or less. Just four-tenths of 1%, so half of 1%, less than half of 1%, are worth $50 million or more. It's interesting that, again, two or three years ago, we talked about a pandemic. And what do we expect coming out of it? Do we expect the NASDAQ to be at all-time highs? I wouldn't have. Coming out of a pandemic, would we have expected to have printed another 5.2 million millionaires? I wouldn't have. Yesterday, GameStop stock jumped after the company raised more than a billion dollars in share value. As the Civil War goes on between the meme stock people who are pumping hype versus the Wall Street analysts who are discouraging because of fundamentals, GameStop stock stock has ballooned to the point that insiders said, let's sell a billion dollars of it and have a billion dollars in cash. We'll give up a billion dollars of shares, but we'll take the cash. Very, very smart move by GameStop. McDonald's has introduced its first ever loyalty program on July 8th. Um, I'm not a big McDonald's fan, but I get that it's a cheap way to feed people in your family. Not a healthy way, but a cheap way. Warby Parker is confidentially filed for an IPO. Warby Parker is a company I'm doing some corporate research on, so I can add to the podcast history of Canon. Very, very smart company. Very, very much so a millennial company, where in their business model, they have help other people. Nursing home deaths amongst Medicare patients rose 32% last year. It's not a surprise. My mother died in Medicare. Nursing home last year, COVID. 
one of those people that it just took out the whole, it didn't take out the whole floor, but you get the idea. And it was probably one worker who came in because it wasn't them going out, if that makes sense, or families coming in. Connecticut became the 19th state to legalize recreational marijuana. That should help marijuana stocks. Um, keep in mind the problem with marijuana stocks at this point in time is identifying probably not necessarily a grower, but a packaged goods maker. It's really easy to grow marijuana. It's not like corn. It's not like wheat. It's very easy. A lot of people are starting to talk about a four-day week work week becoming a norm. I kind of like that. If that's what comes out of the pandemic as a compromise, I'm okay with that. It doesn't sound that awful. You can get a podcast version of the show at Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. I'm doing a lot of tinkering with it. One day this week you heard some like very static music library kind of music. Another day you heard a little bit more edgy. Let me know what you like and don't like. I did get an email on feedback yesterday. Eh, I got to be careful about what exactly what I'm pushing for. Uh, he gave me feedback and he was like, why did you make your, t- your TV show look more like ESPN? It's like, he doesn't realize ESPN spends a lot of money to make it look that good. A lot of what I do is under budget and that's why I do it. I'm loved because of it. Fed Chairman Jay Powell said yesterday, it's very, very unlikely the U.S. will see 1970s-style inflation. That's a really important statement because we talk about inflation this year and how we're going to have to raise interest rates and raising interest rates will become a headwind for the stock market. A lot of people remember the 70s, and that's when inflation was its nastiest. Again, if you're a millennial, that's totally messed on you, right? You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union with 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs. Now, back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. Here's some loose ends on data and information and tech. Kroger says its hourly rates with benefits will reach $21 by year end. Something the pandemic has done that Republicans or Democrats haven't been able to do is raise the minimum wage and raise the livable wage for many Americans. Do we say thank you to the COVID-19 for that? If you're an investor, not so much. Highest cost of doing business on a company is labor. If you're a member of society, you're like, this. Is, I'm stoked by this. The person who works at Kroger could make a, a, a better wage this year than last. White Castle and Puma are collabing on a shoe for the burger chain's 100th birthday. It doesn't make any sense to me, but something tells me it'll sell out well. And you're going to see more and more collaborations. I saw a family guy has a collaboration coming with Adidas. I could be wrong on Adidas. 
could be Nike. Um, I don't have my notes in front of me on that one, but what a weird collaboration. Like you never think like sometimes you think chocolate and peanut butter. Oh, it's delicious. You got your chocolate, my peanut butter. You got your peanut butter, my chocolate. But do white castle hamburgers and Puma shoes go hand in hand? I guess so. Diageo became the NFL's first major liquor sponsor, making Crown Royale the deal's lead brand. Um, we used to care about protecting our children. It, th- those barriers come down slowly, but they do come down. I'm okay with it. I get it. If we want entertainment, we're going to have to subsidize it because our eyeballs aren't subsidizing it per se. Something also tells me the NFL owners are just incredibly greedy. But I'll let you decide on that one. How do you feel about Diageo? Alcohol sales at sports games. Alcohol advertising. Hey, kids, look, Joe Camel smokes cigarettes. He looks cool. <laughs> Joe Camel dies of cancer. Neil Patrick Harris. This just shows you how absurd Bitcoin is. Neil Patrick Harris. Isn't he like Doogie Hauser? He's going to partner with Bitcoin ATM operator CoinFlip for its new campaign. So Doogie Hauser's into who? Digital currencies. Walmart is starting to charge brands for data it previously provided for free. The age of the artificial intelligence is its just really starting. It's probably the best investment area for the next five years, in my opinion. Or I can change it and say it's one of the best five. The ability to make better decisions with data... Um, you know, there's a big thing that Spotify is doing right now where they're, they're spending an enormous amount of monies signing talent to do podcasts because the podcast listeners, smart, educated, well-employed, and loyal. And it's a metric that's much easier to measure than, I wonder who's watching. Bitcoin dipped below 30,000 yesterday and then it boomed right back today. Gamer app Discord is becoming a hub where sneaker and streetwear fans congregate to discuss their favorite brands. What's interesting about that is my kids use Discord. It's a, a talking channel for video gamers, but it's also a talking channel for sneakers now. It's also a talk. It's like Twitch is a channel that Amazon owns that you can watch other people play video games. And while you're watching it, you're going to see an advertisement for video games. You're going to see an advertisement for pizza. You're going to see an advertisement for what people do when they're locked up in their home for 12 hours playing video games. It's really, really smart advertising at this point in time. Best Buy is a company that you can invest in. And I certainly understand why you would want to and why you would not want to. Why you would want to is because when you go into Best Buy, sometimes you walk out spending $1,000. When you go into Best Buy, though, the problem that I have is that it's a dang big store, and that's square footage. When you buy a house, you're going to pay $700 a square foot or $800 a square foot or $1,000 a square foot. It's pretty mathematical. That's why companies like Zillow and companies like Redfin are able to tell you how much your house is worth. It's based on what's going for the sales right now, and that's why Redfin's starting to buy homes. It's really kind of crazy. They're buying inventory when they see low price per square foot, sending in contractors and selling at high price per square foot. So Best Buy, I could see the pros and cons just instantly, like on the simplest level. It's been hammered into our brains for 14 months. The pandemic has changed retail forever. Curbside pickup 
I think I told you that right before the pandemic hit, I had bought a soundbar and it didn't work because it was for a cheap TV and the cheap TV only had one HDMI connection and that had to go for the Roku. So I didn't have enough for it to pull off. So I had to return it. And when I, I during the pandemic, I, I, they're like, yeah, you can come in the store. I go to the store and then I'm in the parking lot and all the employees are playing, uh, uh, corn hot to- corn toss in the parking lot. And I'm like, what's going on? There's a big store in there. And no one's in there. They're all in the parking lot. Someone comes to my car, grabs a sound bar, goes in, comes back out in three minutes, says, okay, here's your receipt. Here's your return. Thank you. I'm like, did that just happen? I love it. Curbside pickup is, I'm all about self checkout. Love it. Ecom fulfillment. Love it. So click and collect spend. Click and collect. That's the first time you've heard me use that term. It hit $72 billion in 2020, up 107% over 2019. Companies had to get good at it. Best Buy got very good at it. Best Buy CEO Corey Berry said in a May earnings call that the store employees are becoming an increasingly important aspect of the delivery experience. So a cousin of mine was just hired to do road construction. And on the first day of his job, someone said, hey, can anyone drive an e-lifter type of truck, some sort of specialized truck on the construction site? He goes, I know how to. Um, so they, they moved him to the head of the line. Like that, that changed his profile as a worker. I think Best Buy is going to say, hey, can you drive? Well, we have a delivery van, but do you know how to drive? Can we see your driving record? I think it's going to become more and more important to Best Buy. Because they're asking their employees, ultimately, to make some adjustments and start doing delivery. So Best Buy is testing same-day home delivery and by most, by only really in-store employees. 60% of its first quarter online sales were either picked up or sent to them. Is that not something? So you had an employee bring it to your house or you picked it up in the parking lot. 60%. So the wandering sheep, they're gone. Do you remember when you used to go to like a Best Buy and you just wander around the store? And it's like, hey, how you would kill an hour? Wow. What times we live in now? Some tax experts think that ransomware payments are tax deductible, calling it a silver lining for victims. How do you feel about that? That it's a tax write-off if a company doesn't have proper digital security? I don't like it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I, I do like Best Buy on some levels. But in the world of retail, do you really need to buy more than Amazon or Home Depot? That's the problem is how many times do you need to dip into the retail stock world? You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Stocks are rising today led by energy shares. The NASDAQ has climbed one half of 1% after closing at a high yesterday. It's hitting a new intraday high today. 
Winners include ExxonMobil and Chevron as they're climbing on the piggyback of oil prices. Oil prices hit $75 a barrel to a two-year high today. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com, my favorite way of starting the morning, his page one column, but it's also a website that I use throughout the day that has the work contributed to it, not by Patrick O'Hare, but by the other authors at the website or at the platform is probably the better way of saying it. How are you today, Mr. O'Hare? Good morning, Rob. I'm doing well. It's nice to be back with you. Um, last week we had a big disappointment. Uh, the markets kind of let some air out, maybe paying attention to the Federal Reserve focus on inflation and maybe a pulling forward of interest rates. This week we seem to be like that never happened and we're kind of right back at going for record highs on a regular basis. Um, what's going on, would you say right now? What's the market focus? What's the direction? Any, any stories pushing it? Sure. Well, you, you know, I think you can certainly rationalize why the market sold off a little bit last week. Um, you know, when uh, the, the tone of that meeting, the, the projections and whatnot were not quite as um, dovish as the market has, has heard in the past. You know, having said that, though, they, they certainly weren't hawkish. Um, you know, when you have the majority of Fed officials not looking for the first rate hike until 2023, and here we are, you know, just about halfway through 2021, uh, you know, it's really difficult to label that a, a hawkish-minded view. And I think uh, as market participants took time over the weekend to really consider that idea, uh, they came back on Monday recognizing that uh, while we may be at, at peak policy, uh, the view as the market sees it just below the peak still looks pretty good. Um, and, and, you know, it find a, found a basis to rationalize buying on the weakness. And, of course, it's continuing to ride on this persistence of low market rates, which we, um, you know, has manifested itself in the Treasury market and the 10-year note yield staying under 1.5% or thereabouts. And uh, that continues to be a great motivator to uh, to continue to favor stocks over over fixed income alternatives. It seems almost too easy to look at this market right now. Is it that we've been doing it so long we're good at seeing what's happening, or um, is this the transition's just going slower than we thought, and it's going to catch up to us? It's why is this market so easy to read right now from a like a, you know Monday morning quarterback kind of perspective? Right. Well, I think I think we've been doing it so long, Rob, that uh, we recognize that uh, you, this market abides by that, you know, that axiom that you don't fight the Fed, um, you know, and uh, we're still at a point where the Fed is in the market's corner, you right. know, and, and it's basically, uh, you know, we heard even yesterday, right, um, Fed Chair Powell basically say, look, you know, remind the people we're not going to preemptively raise interest rates just because of fears of inflation, Um now, whether that view comes back to, to bite the Fed remains to be seen. But uh, the fact is the communication from the head official at the Fed and other members there uh, continues to uh, tell the market that uh, there's not going to be any undue tightening action anytime soon. And there's a, a lot of cash out there, a lot of liquidity, frankly, and, uh, and the market's just continuing to to fall back on the Fed put, um, and it's going to do, you know, I think it's, it, it, it has this semblance of wanting to write it as long as it, you know, will be allowed to write it, and, uh, and it hasn't been convinced yet 
that uh, there are, um, uh, you know, these, that there are storm clouds there that are going to rain down on this market. You know, it's not seeing that yet as it peaks over the, the horizon here. Um, and so it's just, you know, take, it almost as if it's taking one day at a time, frankly, and seeing how much it can get away with <laughs> continuing to press on the, the bull market bias. And granted, we've been sort of stalled here uh, over the past few months, but importantly, we've been stalled in a very narrow range uh, right at the highs. And uh, and there there hasn't been any, you know, fiction on the sell side and, and if anything any type of selling you get continues to be met with buying interest and uh, and I think that you know one of the maybe the fear based trade right now is, is missing out on another leg higher as opposed to the market breaking down. At least that's how the market seems to be sort of acting here. Um you know, where it's still favoring cyclicals over counter cyclicals and you know value over growth for the most part. Um, and, uh, you know, it just, you know, continues to have a pretty uh, resilient tone about it. And it really all seems to be coming down to the Federal Reserve and Jay Powell behind a curtain like the Wizard of Oz pulling the levers to keep the cost of money, you know, greased up so that it helps the economy. Uh, we're having a weird Vulcan mind meld right now because I think we're both seeing it pretty similar. Um, I know that wage inflation is coming out on Friday as a gauge, um, as well as consumer spending. Is that an economic data point you're looking for at this point in time, or what are you looking for yourself? Because that's one that I noticed earlier in the week that we should be flagging. Well, you know, we're kind of in this um, uh, this period right now where, you know, some data you can kind of, you need to you need to keep an eye on it all, obviously, but we're sort of in that that zone right now where the Fed is still willing to say, hey, any you know spike in inflation is is just driven largely by base effects, I think. And uh, you know the data points that I think will really start to resonate more in, in terms of a challenge to the Fed's viewpoint uh, will avail themselves um, in a few months from now, right? We're kind of you know. You're just maybe getting to the fringe of where you can, you know, start arguing that, hey, look, these base effects, you know, they aren't as depressed as, as they used to be. Uh, and, uh, and now we're seeing, you know, a, a persistence of an inflation pressure. Um, so yes, definitely the personal income and spending report is always a, a very important report, uh, because, you know, the U.S. economy's, you know, driven largely by consumer spending, and you'll get some good data there uh, that will uh, help uh, formulate, you know, uh, second quarter GDP views. But at the same time, the PCE price index and the core PCE price index, those are the Fed's preferred inflation indicators, uh, more so than the CPI uh, report. And uh, and that's part of what's coming out on Friday. And then, you know, certainly needs to be watched closely. Uh, but I would remind your listeners, I mean, we saw a pretty heady inflation print last month in the PCE data. You had PCE prices up 3.6% year over year. Core PCE prices were up 3.1% year over year. And look at us now. You have a 10-year note yield basically trading at 1.5%, right? So the market hasn't been fearful of these inflation uh, numbers, uh, which is you know, a, a reminder, it seems anyway, that market participants are still buying into the into Fed Chair Powell's view that these inflation pressures will be temporary and that you'll see things come off the boil in coming months and uh, and uh, and that inflation uh, uh, won't be a factor. 
I'm not saying we necessarily agree with that view. I'm just saying that that is the prevailing market view, and you can see it in market pricing right now. My spouse sent me an uh, email last night about a story about American Airlines cutting staff, not cutting staff, but cutting flights because they don't have staff. So do you think the prevailing view is that, yes, there will be inflation in the summer months, but there will also be inflation in the fall months as we bleed into when do we get to go on vacation? When does American hire employees back Mm -hmm. or when do they get fully staffed? It seems to me like this pent-up demand might be going on for a little bit longer than the summer months that the Fed's kind of outlining. Um, because if we still want to go on vacation, we just there's no flights left for us. For those who, who procrastinate. Yeah. yeah, you know, that is that is our concern, uh, is that uh is that the market is underestimating the the risk of more persistent inflation. Okay. Um and you know, you you know, you hear Anecdotally, increasing frequency, you know, companies needing to, you know, raise wages to attract workers here. And, uh, and the, the, probably the larger point to take away from that is that, you know, even if you get, um, you know, more supply on the labor side here and, and maybe there's less of a sense of urgency to increase those wages, but the wages that have been increased, they're not going to be rolled back. You know, um, those will be sticky, you know, because if someone is told, six months from when they get hired that, oh, well, now we got enough supply of labor, so we're going to cut your hourly rate to whatever, you know, from where it was, um, people are going to look around. They're going to go look for a job that's going to pay them as much, if not more. Um, right. So you're going to get some stickiness in, on the wage front, we believe, and that could feed into other factors that relates to uh, inflation trends um, uh, being a bit stickier than, than the Fed expects them to be. We've got about a minute and a half. I'm just going to give you a softball and say, what are you working on for the weekend or for your week uh, perspective, the big picture, anything that we need to be aware of? Yeah, I, you know, I was actually I was on vacation last week, Rob, um, and so I was kind of watching things from afar. So I'm getting my feet uh, a little wet now and getting back into it. And when I go on vacation, I try to just disconnect as uh, much as I can. But um, but I think, you know, as we've sort of been talking about here, you know, you look at um, – the fact that the market's hanging in there, uh, even though you, you're riding on all these notions of peak peak growth, peak inflation, peak uh, Fed policy, uh, and and the idea is that even you know if you're at the peak of Everest, the view is fantastic, right? You go right. 100 yards below that peak, I mean the view is still pretty fantastic, right? And I think that's how the stock market is looking at things right now, uh, and so I'll probably will orient my big picture commentary around that idea. Uh, and the notion that uh, the bull market will find reason to live on. Well, it's always nice talking to you. Thanks for the insights, and we look forward to your big picture column as well as each and every day, starting with your page one. Briefing.com has been a reliable source of domestic and international news in my lifetime. I've been using it over 20 years. It's that kind of solid. Check them out at briefing.com. It's briefing.com. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union with 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs. Now, back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. So one of the songs that I was fascinated with four years ago was the song Royals by the artist Lord. 
And the first time I heard her name, I was like, well, that's a little presumptuous. This was her debut single. The great irony, and this is actually irony, is the song says we'll never be royals, but she keeps talking about queens and talking about ruling. So on the surface, it sounds like a revolutionary group that wants to overthrow the current power, but who the subject is the same temptations to corruption. It's interesting what power and, you know, being royals is all about, right? It's a competitive jealousy. And if that's not the funniest phrase that you're going to learn today, competitive jealousy, it's ultimately rationalized moralistic judgment and a comparison of values. Where one of the things I'm going to teach you before you die, and I'm going to teach you this, is investing is not about being right. It's about learning how to compare. So we'll never be royals, but being obsessed with talking about ruling is basically competitive jealousy. It's rationalized moralistic judgment. I heard David Gergen talk recently about the news cycle and how he goes, people aren't watching news for news anymore. They're watching news that agrees with their political opinions. And there's a big thought right now. What's going to happen in media is the next media acquisition is going to be very telling. Yesterday, we learned that Steven Spielberg signed a two-picture deal with Netflix to try to up the game. One thing that I complained about is movies on Netflix aren't Spielberg quality. Um, at some point in time, you're going to see Netflix or Amazon buy David Gergen. You're going to see Netflix or Amazon buy uh, CNN. And if not CNN, they're going to buy Anderson Cooper or Tucker Carlson. Because they can use the artificial intelligence to deliver the ads that the big media companies can't. So Lord saying we'll never be royals got in my head as I'll never be a loyal. Yesterday I saw McDonald's launch its loyalty program nationwide in July. It's the first ever loyalty program that they've launched. Um, fast food chains are looking to rewards programs to hold on to you. It's very, very difficult. I can tell you in the financial planning industry, getting a client is tough. Keeping a client's easy. It's, it's the cost of acquisition of a client is very expensive. Same thing with McDonald's. If they can get you to come automatically without having to advertise to you, they dig it. Fast food giants joins rivals like restaurant brands, Popeyes, Yum Brands and Taco Bell who have got reward programs. I think Chipotle has probably got one of the better ones as does Starbucks. So if they can keep you from going to a competitor, they're stoked. Digital sales of almost $1.5 billion during its first quarter, including orders on its digital kiosk mobile app and digital platforms. Um, McDonald's is starting to get the stickiness of it. Programs allows customers to earn 100 points for every dollar they spend, and they can work towards 16 reward options. So there's a little bit of a gamification. Like if you want a cheeseburger, you'll see the route to the cheeseburger. Now, why do I say we'll never be loyals? Forrester Research released a report, and I love Forrester Research. I don't always agree with it, but I love reading hardcore research. That basically, they want it to marketers to pay for this research. And it's all about loyalty programs. Forrester noticed hundreds of brands across the globe reevaluating loyalty programs to ultimately change towards the pre-pandemic era demands. 
as well as the pandemic era demands. So businesses are coming out of the same. How did we do during 2020? How did we do in 2019? 65% of adults surveyed agree that instant discounts are more important elements of loyalty programs. So now like your phone has ways on it or your phone has Apple maps and you start getting your phone also has loyalty programs on it. So at some point in time, your phone could interact with your Starbucks app and say, Hey, look, we see that it's two in the morning. This guy's driving by your store. Do you want to offer him 50% off? And then they'll get a, a, a fee if you do. It's all tying together. And at the same time, Apple's trying to say, well, no, no, we don't want apps to track us or we want to let you have that decision. But loyalty programs, we kind of want them to know all about us because we want that instant discount. Will we be loyals or not? Lord decided that we will be royals because we're competitively jealous. Um, for the record, she has a new song out that's kind of happy and, and lifting. And you're like, what happened? She was brooding and down. But she's got the most fascinating album cover for it. It's basically her walking on a beach. And the camera's down by her feet. And it's basically her buttocks. It's so tastefully done, but it's so, like, almost... um it's PG-13, but it's not. So take a look at the uh, ad cover or the uh, album cover and tell me if you're like, it's kind of cute. So basically, uh, I'll, I'll sum it up for you. It's a solar eclipse. And the, the album's called Solar, but it's her butt, which is a moon, covering up the sun. It's, it's very cheeky. <laughs> so global loyalty programs, I'm a little under the weather, sorry, um, are simple and powerful. A lot of loyalty programs try to gamify the experience. Like I said, McDonald's is making you chase up to get your cheeseburger, making you chase up to get your nuggets. If customers don't know how to use your loyalty programs, they're doing it wrong. So they got to make it really, really quite simple. So you don't want it to be too unnecessary. I think Starbucks is a great one. Um, I'm not a big fan of Starbucks. I, I know you're saying you're that cheap. Yes, I am. I don't get $5 cups of coffee. But my spouse loves $5 cups of coffee. And she's one of those people that's not a morning person, and I am a morning person. We couldn't be more polar opposites or solar opposites, sun and moon. Um, but Starbucks is a good one. And what's interesting about it is that's your first cryptocurrency. When you get 100 points or 1,000 points for every dollar you spend, those points are cryptocurrency. Anyway, Lord just take a few I think some of her live performances are visually stunning. Maybe the music isn't all that in a bucket of chicken. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Now. Looking forward to 2021, 2022. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Let me live that fantasy. My friends and I, we've 